ahead of International Women's Day, on this episode of the World Triathlon Podcast, I'll be talking with two trailblazers of the sport, Egypt's Basmala El Salamani and Kuwait's Najla Al Saraiwi. First up, Najla has been a pioneering force in Arabic sport as an equestrian show jumper, cyclist, and now a triathlete and coach. Having just completed the first Wuzla Women's High Performance Coaches course and established her own academy back in Kuwait, what better time to talk to a driving force behind the sport? Najla, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm really glad to be part of this podcast and part of the World Triathlon development and get the chance to just to talk about my journey. So congratulations on graduating from the recent Wuzla course. Uh, so that was the Women for Sport Leadership Academy funded by Olympic Solidarity uh, and offering six summer IFs the chance to send coaches and female leaders to test themselves and learn new skills uh, that will enhance their careers yeah. and by extension those that they train, right? Um, yeah, the Wuzla experience was amazing. Um, I did not expect um, at first what to expect from this course uh, but once we got into it it turned out to be something amazing and something that and added value to my career and uh, it's uh, yeah it's an amazing experience Mi- mixing up with other coaches from other different sports it's, uh, it's one of the sport that I the least that I've been known which is which was wrestling but yeah, wrestling. So this is something new to me. But being around those coaches, I've had like, I gained so much experience uh, because they are in a high performance environment, such as us when we are in triathlon. So we can communicate, we can um, uh, like relate our problems or uh, whatever we face. Uh, that we have something in common. So it was something really interesting. Um, this program like gave me, um, like it was like an eye opener for me because I had to reflect on what, what I was doing and also like uh, build my vision, build like my, my philosophy in coaches and th- the things that I never thought about as a coach because at that time, I was only thinking about if I want to go be a coach, I was only have to develop myself in the technical part of the sport, you know, not in the behavior and leadership, which has big, big impact in coaching. And when you deal with athletes, and this is what I'm facing right moment, especially with the younger ones. So it was like a certain added value and it came in the right moment for me. <laughs> Now, before you got into triathlon, you were a show jumper and a cyclist. Is that right? I was, you know, at first I was like in uh, show jumping, in question show jumping. That was my background in the sport before getting into uh, triathlon. And then uh, I was like introduced to the sport and I just took it like um, something just to keep my fitness while uh, while uh, uh, riding horses because I was doing it uh, like kind of professionally and competing internationally uh, and then when I started to get into triathlon like I fell in love with the sport and also like I had some injuries that uh, permit me from riding daily riding the horses so that was my switch <laughs> uh, to triathlon it was like introduced to me like one sport at a time so uh, we had like some running session with my friends and then some uh, cycling and running. But at that time, uh, before like I t- started taking taking it seriously, um, like around 2000, let's say 11 and 12, uh, being outdoor, doing sport wasn't as, for women, I mean, wasn't... Um, wasn't as much so it wasn't like normal you see like someone running outdoors in the park like a like ladies running outdoors or also swimming I had such a a hard time uh, finding the facility to swim and to coach Uh, we only had the chance to train at 5 a.m and we were like sneaking out to at 5 a.m just to try to go to the pool because it's not normal for a girl to go out especially at this time so did the did the swimming pool say you can have this slot but it's got to be really early and you've got to be out by a certain time then 
Yes, because it, uh, like girls can't be in a swimming pool uh, on during the day because most of the guys and the, the boys swim, and and still this is still an issue to be honest. Uh, swimming, uh, we cannot get like uh, the access for swimming pool as much as the guys. <laughs> uh, but now is like uh, the sport and women's sport is really changing uh, in this region. Um, now you see a lot of girls uh, taking sports seriously before uh, it wasn't normal. Uh, and now um, uh, we having more opportunities for girls to join teams and to join uh, other sports. So uh, the women's sport is starting to evolve now and be, and most importantly, being accepted by the society, by the culture. Uh, so it's getting really good now. Is there a few like of a few of your peers in your kind of age range in other sports as well that were kind of breaking down those barriers? Uh, yeah, well, um, we were like a group of girls. We were the only ones who start, uh, who joined this, uh, like it was like an amateur club. It was like maybe we had only with 20 members. Uh, but then uh, after like uh, when we uh, raced our first uh, triathlon, this is where like I had... Uh, like I wanted to get into the sport more um, and I was the only one who continued uh, on the sport uh, my other friends just t- took it like just for fun uh, and then I raced my first uh, international race in it was in Abu Dhabi it was in 2012 I think and uh, I was I didn't know what to expect uh, what the race exactly and how it will go. I just took my bike. And at this time I had a, like a show jumping competition uh, at the same time. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the show jumping competition, do my thing. And then I will try the triathlon. And I had my bike as well. Uh, so I was, I, I went to the race with no expectation at all. Uh, I didn't know that even that I yeah <laughs> I didn't know that even like transition time counts like I was there and I was start, uh, standing on the start line I was the only one who was covered so I had all the <laughs> all the press and cameras was all, all over on me instead of just <laughs> putting the cameras on the elites um, so I was like uh, um, like kind of <laughs> overwhelmed but once I started the race it was something like one of the most important and most enjoyable experiences I ever had because I did it for fun. And after exactly after this race, like I wanted to, uh, to get into the sport even more. And then when I, uh, and then after this race, I was introduced uh, to my coach and he's mm-hmm. a now, and I, he's in the world triathlon facilitator for St. Beltran. Uh, and after uh, I met him, uh, he started to introduce me to the, the proper triathlon because at that time I only knew like half, like 70.3. Uh, I thought like triathlon is all about 70.3 and Ironman. And then uh, so he introduced me to the, the proper, the world triathlon and the standard distance and the sprint distance and explained to me how to have like a structured plan. And since that day, I started to take the sport seriously. So it was like in 2014 for me. Right. Okay. So Vicent um, came to you through World Triathlon Development, did he? Or uh, No, uh, he came uh, through... Um, it was in the amateur club that we had in Kuwait. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he met the founder of this. Right. And he started to have communication with them. And he came to Kuwait once oh, right. uh, to give uh, some uh, courses, like it was like a running course or a running clinic. And from there, we, uh, we met him mm-hmm. and uh, he came to Kuwait. Um, uh, we had like a triathlon committee, the, Na- the National Triathlon Committee. Uh, so he introduced, he wanted to build the triathlon at that time in 2014 but we didn't get that support so we tried to create like a national team uh we worked so hard with the 
all the public support authority in Kuwait, but they didn't get the support and there was no support at all. So we were like fighting, fighting, fighting just to go and try to uh, participate in one of the international uh, races. It was the Arab Championship in uh, in Egypt. Mm -hmm. uh, so that it, just participating in this event, it was like uh, a hectic. The process of reaching there was a hectic. Uh, so every race or every major event that I've been, it was like I had a huge story and long story. It wasn't just easy. Like we go to the training camp and train and then jump into the race. It was like a long process um, dealing with like, let's say my parents, the, the committee. Um, and then when we reached the Asian game in the major game in Asian games, uh, they were they were shocked of be of me being there because uh, in Asian game they didn't expect someone who is covered and <laughs> I was like not following the ITU uh, dress code or the um, uniform code so it was a shocking it was a shock for them uh, but since uh, participating in Asian games that was like. I think um, the, the when the support started from the World Triathlon. Yeah. Uh, since that day, that it was like an ongoing support from the World Triathlon. I don't think there 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 is like any international federation that support women and other or people who are coming from other cultures or from um, uh, let's say the merge the merging uh, federation to get that kind of support. So I'm um, really appreciated uh, for them. <laughs> well, I suppose it's still a relatively young sport and one that began in, you know, a pocket of countries. And so, but the enthusiasm for it and the desire to spread, see it, you know, come through in other countries. So for you, you know, to be the first Arabic woman to compete in the Asian games, moments like that, that are so recent, but still so historic for the sport are what open doors, right? And bring new people to the sport and... Yeah, uh, I think since that, um, now the, the path uh, for the women, especially in my region, uh, it's more smoother and easier for them to follow. Because when I started it, like I didn't have the right... Um, the right uh, racing gears or the right uh, uniform for racing and uh, me and my coach Fesent, uh, we were trying different brands just to get the right um, the material for, for for this race uh but we 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 get, we had a lot of support from from international brands mm -hmm. everyone wanted to support us to have like the full body uh, uniform um uh, and now you can see a lot of brands starting doing them. Uh, so it makes uh, it, now it makes it really easy for other women who wants to participate in triathlon just to find this uniform. Also, the World Triathlon wanted to sell it in their uh, merchandise uh, mm -hmm. merchandise uh, brand because uh, I've been they've been contacting me uh, about it. So it's like it's really really whenever people like ask me i i really like um like i'm happy about it yeah i guess people just by virtue of being able to see it like you said in the online shop makes yeah. people more aware that it's a possibility um yeah. How, so yeah how long have companies sports companies been making you know headscarves hijabs and things like that for for sports events is that yeah uh, just recently, like for the past year or two years, like now they starting to uh, the big the big brands starting to make those uh, uh, racing uh, uh, hijabs and racing racing covers, uh, and with these because it will also not just like help the women to just to race, but they can compete as well with the right materials. You can compete because. I just I didn't want to just to take part in the sport, but I really wanted to compete and like shave time and be competitive. And with all these materials, like they got me to where I wanted. So 
it is uh, it is amazing yeah well you haven't gone through everything and got where you are to not compete right you're not doing it just for fun you want to <laughs> yeah <laughs> for me I like competing it's just not just to go there and just enjoy the race or or just to take part <laughs> and you have do you have two sisters to, who are quite sporty as that as well right so that there's a bit of competitive edge there too <laughs> yeah my older sister uh she'd been uh she'd been with me in asian games 2014 uh she's uh, she's pretty competitive and she was with, also she took part in the uci world championship in 2016 oh yeah uh the younger one is just taking the sport just enjoying the sport and uh but she's she does it regularly right <laughs> but not as competitive <laughs> <laughs> so i mean from from say 2014 where you were just kind of coming through to today what did, did was there a q8 national federation in 2014 and presumably not really um it was like a small triathlon committee right but they didn't have like any budget or like they just we didn't have that much support with them yeah so how is it now uh, like how's the the shift in terms of even kind of race opportunities i guess within q8 as well yeah because i've been um doing most of the races uh on my own with my coach whenever we got an opportunity to participate we just uh, try to go to, to get to try to get all these letters from the committee and uh, just to get them signed and just uh, to take part. So we were taking uh, the support from sponsors, uh, private companies, and uh, that's where we got the funding uh, from. But that was back like 2014 and onwards until like last year. Um, also, when we um, on the last. Um, Asian Games in 2018, uh, we had like similar problem because Kuwait uh, was banned from IOC. Mm -hmm. So, so I just went, I just emailed uh, the Asian Council, Asian Sports Council uh, about my participation that I wanted to participate under the international flag. And uh, we got all the support from them, to be honest, and also from World Triathlon. So we managed to go there and um, and race. Uh, so yeah, every every race has a story. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> yeah. And by virtue of something like the, as it was then, World Triathlon Series coming to Abu Dhabi, coming to the region, you know, did did that have a huge impact, you know, across the Persian Gulf there and and across the region as a whole that kind of recognition of the top top tier of the sport coming to yeah uh having the world triathlon in Abu Dhabi was like a major shift for the sport uh uh firstly it introduced uh the world triathlon to our community because as I said uh, before um they only know triathlon as a long distance a long uh, distance uh, um race uh, but having the World Triathlon in Abu Dhabi, they got the chance to travel to Abu Dhabi and get to see all the elites racing. Um, also, they give the opportunity for the younger ones. Uh, last, in 2019, uh, I had my first uh, development, or let's say my first junior team uh, to participate. I had like maybe around 15 kids, aged from 6 to 13 years old, taking part there. And um, so being there and seeing all this um, atmosphere of the elites and age groupers uh, was a, a huge impact on, uh, on the triathlon and the sport. Mm. And also, um, I get the chance to take the technical official course. Yeah. Uh, and that was such an added value to myself, uh, being uh, around... Um, uh, like a high performance environment being around the elite uh, athletes and how they communicate with their coaches and being around the technical officials how they set up and how to imp uh, and how uh, how to run an event uh, was such an added value to me because at that time I was 
I was the only one who organizing all the multi-sports events in Kuwait. And uh, I was like uh, organizing around seven, uh, seven events per year. And I, we were the only one who introduced um, the rules of the world triathlon uh, in, the, in the races because mm-hmm. before it was like all over the place. Uh, there were no rules, uh, nothing about this. So, so a steep learning curve, right? <laughs> you got a yeah. lot. Yeah. So it, it took a really hard time to uh, educate the athletes and the age groupers about the rules of the sport. Uh, it took a really hard, like a hard time, but eventually so you can educate them by having doing these races. Uh, and implement all these rules. Maybe they wouldn't like you at the first race, but then they will appreciate you in the second race because it's for the safety of others. If there are no rules, then it will be like a chaos. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Um, and obviously, yeah, there, there are sort of different traditions and so on in Kuwait as well. I mean, you've just done a Dubai desert triathlon is that right uh, yeah <laughs> all right so that was like <laughs> run bike and horse ride yeah it was run bike and horse 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 ride yeah as i called it like uh, best of both worlds for me <laughs> yeah you must have smashed it did you uh actually uh i was like leading the run and the bike but then <laughs> the horse oh let you down yeah he let me down like two of the other girls they overtook me on on the horses and i was like pushing the horse but uh, he was slow oh no <laughs> but, okay, but the experience so i got third overall <laughs> Yeah. But it was such an experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, the beauty of regular triathlon, you see, you don't have someone else that can let you down like that. That's <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. What, that was one of the really key things that made me continue with triathlon. <laughs> <laughs> so for you, in terms of like competing goals and coaching goals for 2021, what's, um, what's on the horizon? I started my academy uh, like now for a year mm-hmm. and a half and uh, I have such a great team that I'm working with um, and now I have like around 70 kids who started to, that started triathlon and we also have the age groupers uh, and at the same time I'm still uh, training as an athlete and uh, looking uh, to uh, because now with the pandemic, there are no certain goals or certain objectives that I can just uh, put my eyes on for a long t- for a short term. Uh, but I always, but now I think this, once the calendar starts, the world triathlon starts. So we will have like the Asian Championship, Asian Sprint Championship, and um, the World Triathlon on age group uh, championship as well these are the things that I wanted to do uh, and as a, for my coaching career uh, I really still want to focus on my development team and uh, we look into the youth Asian championship I think it's in November also hopefully uh, our uh, long-term um, uh, goal is having them in the youth uh, Olympic Games Hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, so these are my uh, goals, my short and long-term goal. Yeah, and hopefully, could. Sounds good. Things. And yeah, like you say, without sort of specific racing for you on the calendar at the moment, quite nice to be able to <clears throat> throw your energies at these seventy kids. Are there any coming through <laughs> that you've got your eye on as like real potential future stars? Well, actually. Um, I do have like some of them. I have some girls and uh, maybe like two or three boys. Uh, They do have the potential, but I think the most important thing is, and the hardest thing is just to keep them in the sport. I'm not gonna put, like we don't put all the pressure, all the energy on these like few kids 
but to give to put like to keep them all into in the sport it will be a very successful thing to do because uh, dealing with younger younger athletes and teenager is really hard once you start just pushing them a little bit maybe they're gonna just <laughs> run away and you don't see them again and i had this experience when one of when one of the athletes so we ha- i have to be very careful with these uh, kids and how to deal with them <laughs> and i guess was that part of the course that you did was it like how to keep young people interested and developing without pushing them too hard and then obviously like as soon as they finish school presumably then there's another push to to do new things and it's about trying to keep that that talent and and excitement for the sport exactly excitement excitement enjoyment like keep them motivated by doing all these like events Uh, I think this is uh, the key things that we should be doing and also the world triathlon been doing a lot of uh, the uh, online clinics Uh, it was like such an uh, an added value to my to my career as well Uh, they've been doing it through the throughout the pandemic with the percent and uh, and other two coaches the development model they've been doing Mm -hmm. it was really helpful as well (laughs) yeah and as we mentioned you'll be on the round table on monday discussing all things women in sport and development and female coaching and so on so um be sure to to tune into that on triathlonlive.tv do you know the details of the time and so on for that off the top of your... i think it will be um monday 8 p.m well thanks ever so much nigel it's been great to talk to you and hear hear all about your working thanks to you thanks for this opportunity Egypt's Basmala El Salamani emerged on the triathlon scene in 2016 with a junior African Cup victory as well as elite level aquathlon in Sharm El Sheikh. Her triathlon journey has taken her on to a famous African Games victory and she is also part of the ASICS World Triathlon Team Development Squad. So Basmala, great to have you on, welcome. Thank you for having me today. You're at home, where is home at the moment? Um, currently I'm living in Cairo, in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and training here as well. Is your you you grew up in is it Garbea? Yeah, um, it's Excuse my pronunciation. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. It's a city that uh, a distance away, two hundred kilometers from the capital. Mm-hmm. That was uh, a very challenging part in my journey, as I have grown up there and trained there, started swimming there. Um, that was too far from the capital. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I started triathlon, I had to train with a coach who is living in the capital and uh, training here. So I had to travel, I think, twice a week to for three hours driving to be able to train with him. Yeah. Yeah. That was the hardest obstacle in my life. I can imagine. And how did he discover you in the first place? Um, actually, I'm the one who talked to him first. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at the beginning, I was a swimmer. Um, I have grown up uh, uh, learning swimming as many of the children. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then um, I have done very well at the national level. Uh, until the age of 17, I was, um, yeah, I was winning so many uh, championships at the national level. I didn't have the opportunity to represent Egypt at the world level in swimming. And then... By the age of 17, I have got bored of swimming. Um, I thought that I have lost ambition and to improve. You know, it's very hard to improve in swimming. Mm. Uh, and then I have tried to find out another way to train. Uh, I got an advice from my swimming coach to try to uh, do triathlons. And then I have searched for where I can train triathlons in Egypt. And I found my coach. Uh, he is now the national uh, uh, the the national the national coach uh, mm-hmm. and he uh, he was my first coach and right now he is my coach as well uh, right and at, at the time that you found him he wasn't national coach then uh he, no he was uh, uh, training a team uh, and then i have asked him if he can train me or give me the opportunity uh, he wanted to see me to 
test me in swim in running and cycling. Uh, he said that my swimming records were the best in the country for the triathlete females. And then he tested me for running and he found my potential in running. The hardest part was the cycling, as when I got on the bike, I felt off twice and that was, <laughs> I didn't give up, but he found that I have got potential too, towards triathlon. And okay. since then we started. So what, I mean, what kind of level was your cycling at, it, you know, speaking uh, of it, it was just like, uh, I can <laughs> pedal my, <laughs> my pedals, but uh, there was yeah. no level of cycling at all. Right. Uh, I have learned to cycle when I was very young, but didn't yeah. try to train. Okay. Well, there you go. Then there's hope for us all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so your hometown was like. 200 kilometers north of Cairo and yeah. and a very different kind of place or is it a big city as well where you grew up? Um, it wasn't uh, as big as Cairo but um, I had the place to swim in but mm -hmm. no cycling roads at all that's the biggest problem here in Egypt that you can't easily find a safe road you can ride on mm -hmm. Uh, so at this period, before travel, before moving into the capital, I had to train most of my cycling sessions indoors. And when I ca I come to see my coach, I can do only one or two sessions uh, outside on the yeah. road. You know, training alone is very challenging. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to push yourself always. No one can push you when you are training alone. Uh, actually, to be honest, this is <laughs> still my problem right now. As I, as I can't find um, a lot of people to train with, um, all the time I have to, to train alone and push myself. Um, some days you just can't get yourself out to training, but uh, whenever you are improving, you, you, have, you are motivated to, to go better, even if you are with yourself. You, you with yourself. So you then moved to Cairo as a family or have you left uh, the family yeah. home? And... Yeah, as a family, after, uh, uh, after I finished my school, I have attended the uh, um, faculty of dentistry uh, mm -hmm. and my college is here in Cairo. So after finishing my high school, I moved with my family to Cairo. Okay. Mm. So did they kind of make that move to support you yeah, pursuing they were your dream? supportive since my first few days and swimming they were always supportive so I'm very grateful that I have a family like this yeah wow so I mean we'll come on to it later but for example that African Games win must have been an incredible moment for you to yeah, re repay that, that yeah were they all yeah. there as well did they get to travel to Rabat um actually traveling i travel alone with the team not with my family yeah uh, but they supported a lot in my first few races during the qualification period they have supported a lot financially uh they didn't have the opportunity to travel with me uh, for international races but in every local race they were always there cheering for me and helping me um achieve the best I bet they were on the telephone quite quickly uh, <laughs> after the African Games as well, weren't they? Yeah, for sure. They they were, and my coach as well, Ahmed Salem. He 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 didn't he didn't travel with me that race. Mm. Um, I can't remember why, but uh, there must be something wrong in the entries or his passport. I can't remember, but uh, he was always on the telephone, um, and the coach that was with us and uh the team uh, was sending him videos all over the race <laughs> which was very fun <laughs> <laughs> and i mean so obviously you know your your first race at, at the top level for uh, and, and into the, the world triathlon level um that sprint triathlon african cup in 2016 which you won and you won the aquathlon at elite and under 23 level as well right yeah so obviously yeah the the talent was already there but then the jump to an african games victory uh is is huge right it, it, it was very amazing you i can i can just 
describe how proud I was at this moment. Uh, the, the first race uh, with the Triathlon African Cup, it was the junior uh, race. Um, I have won it with just two months of training with uh, triathlon. Uh, so two most, months of bike training, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically <laughs> with, with only maybe two uh, outdoor sessions, which was <laughs> amazing. And by the way, I have failed off my bike in this race. Had <laughs> <laughs> of that tire and needed to change my tire. But <laughs> yeah, but I won in the running. Um, I think I'm quite uh, good at running <laughs> after cycling. <laughs> so that helped in the race. And then after one week, I had the um, Aquason African Championship. And I have won that under 23 and elite African Championship, which was very amazing. After, after that race in Sharm Sheikh and winning the African Cup and the African Championship in Aquathlon, um, my coach have found that uh, I, I have a big room for improvement. And then we have both a plan to start tracing. Um, we have started with local races, um, started to do uh, my first Olympic distance race, which was amazing. Um, I think my talent just lied in uh, doing the long distances so uh, the Olympic distance race where it was a local race and I have won it with a very great record so that was amazing after that we the goal was to uh, start gaining more experience since you know trust one is not easy at all to gain experience and I didn't have too much people around to help me in that so I had to travel to some races um, after uh, the national championships and the local races, I have went to um, World, uh, World Triathlon Series Abu Dhabi and I have won the age group uh, race uh, in my category. And uh, overall, I got second uh, in the Olympic distance race, which was very amazing as well. Uh, after that, the goal was set to, I was in my last year in high school, which was a very important year to, to get to college. But um, after, after finishing my high school, we set the goal to start taking part in uh, the world triathlon level. And the goal was to, in 2018, was to get the first uh, world ITU ranking points to start qualification. Uh, and that's where it started in 2018, Sharm Sheikh uh, African Cup. Right. That was the elite race. And yeah. that was my first elite race as well. <laughs> <laughs> and at what point did, did the um, ASICS World Triathlon team kind of come about as, a, as an opportunity for you? That, that was a, the greatest opportunity I had in my career so far. So after that Charm Sheikh race, I have got my first ever ITU points. Uh, started to join the world ranking, which was insane. <laughs> after that, um, uh, after that, I went to the African Championship, and then uh, I, I have won the junior title. And then um, I went to, to I, I tried to start to, uh, going to more more elite races to be able to gain some more points. My, my parents supported that financially to start racing. I have raised uh, Aqaba um, uh, Asian Cup and I have got um, third overall and second under 23 in the elite race. And that was a good start as well. And then I have raised uh, another two continental cups in Dakhla and Dakar, African Cups. Um, after that, the World Triathlon team started to support and the National, then the National Federation as well started to support since then. Um, being in the uh, Essex World Triathlon team is very amazing since it started when they gave me the opportunity to race in Wehi World Cup. Being, being in my first World Cup wasn't very easy <laughs> since in, uh, Wehi is a very hard race. Um, uh, I'm very grateful to have this team around in this race. They supported a lot. They helped me um, cope with that weather. It wasn't easy being with those all world level athletes. 
I was very young as well, and I'm still, that wasn't easy. Um, I'm very grateful to have them, really. Uh, and then they have supported in many races. They sent me to, um, I think, the, the first and only camp I have raised in Alicante. Uh, I have been in, in Alicante, in Spain. Mm -hmm. This amazing as well. It gave me too much experience. Um, was great people around training with different different weather, different conditions. That was amazing. Uh, and um, the and different thing... styles of coaching, presumably. Yeah, um, it like is. From... Yeah. Were there were there things that you know you really felt that you were adding to your to your skill set? during that time, both Weihai and, and in Alicante, uh, that you felt kind of really pushed you on as, a, as an athlete? Yeah, um, it has pushed me a lot. I have got too much improvement in cycling, especially. Um, I started to, um, my weakness, you know, that was cycling. Uh, but since I was in the camp, my cycling have changed completely. I have, um, improved and that skills that I I was I had a lack of skills in cycling actually corners and so on that was <laughs> my nightmare but in the camp we worked on that very well um, I think I improved much there is a lot of things to be improved still but I'm very happy with what I have reached yeah <clears throat> yeah and I mean to go into your first world cup in way high in China and to have the support of that team there was it was it Mick Delamotte that was coaching in Weihai? Uh, it was uh, Coach Mac from Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he supported a lot, but I I didn't do very well in that race. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, mm -hmm. the day before the race, I have made a very big mistake, which was going too much harder than I showed in the Bree race uh, simulation. Right. Uh, and then um, I have got, after the race, I have found that I got um, quadriceps strain before the race, which didn't make me able to finish the race. I have oh, quite, no. I have quite on the bike course. I didn't figure out what was hurting until I returned back to Egypt and went to the doctor and he found that I have muscle strain. <laughs> that, mm. that wasn't very good. So even on the start line, were you, were you not feeling 100% or were you okay and then it just really aggravated during the bike um i have done very good swim in that race mm -hmm. uh, being at the back of the first pack which was amazing with very <laughs> big names racing this race yeah. uh, in the first bike uh, lap um i felt that my legs weren't very weren't fresh at all in the in the first uphill uh, this race was of three kilometers uphill and three downhill the three uphill was very very hard for me and then after the first lap i found that i can't do it anymore my 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 quadriceps was very well very painful but i guess yeah the, just the the by virtue of the experience of lining up with people like vendula frontova and miriam casillas and so on uh, yeah yeah, how, how did you find the, the kind of environment and, and so on, uh, everything around the race, I guess? It's very great. I, I was very grateful for this uh, opportunity. Uh, I have watched them closely. I have gained a lot of experience in this race. Uh, I have learned a lot, which was the goal in, in, this, in, the, in the races like this. Um, I know um, we don't have this opportunity, especially in, in our countries to travel to World Cups to just gain experience, but uh, I'm very grateful that I have raised this race with these people and I have known where my strengths is and where my weakness is and started to working on that since then. Mm -hmm. And that, that's a good point. And how is, I mean, you, you mentioned like slightly limited training opportunities around Cairo, like, it strikes me as the kind of places that you you're going to be doing battle with a lot of a lot of vehicles out there on the roads and you obviously yeah. i mean 2019 was your first world cup in way but that was also the year that you had a bad accident yeah in 2019 in may i had a bad accident on the road uh hit by a car 
on the cycling, unfortunately. Um, I have got a meniscus tear, which was <laughs> very, very disappointing to, mm. it was just one month to the uh, African Championship, which was a very important race to just secure my position in the Olympic simulation. Um, I couldn't make it to the African Championship. I had to stop training completely for two months. Uh, had the surgery um, in my knee. Mm-hmm. Uh, meniscus repair, um, meniscectomy actually, uh, and then start again to to train gradually until I got that opportunity to race the African Games. Um, before just one month, we we weren't sure if I could race or not until my doctor allowed me to race. Um, they have entered my name just one day before the closure of the edits, so <laughs> that was good opportunity to um to 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 get some points instead of what loss in the african championship Hmm. and i mean fortunate in some ways that you are able to keep racing after an accident like that i mean you must have gone through some pretty tough times thinking about like you know rehab and the uncertainty of how that might go that you know that the easiest thing in in this all was the surgery after the surgery Hmm. you start you start the hardest part was the rehab Mm. Um, I, I, some days I had to go to two sessions per day for two different doctors helping to, to get my, my range of motion. My knee range of motion was just very limited after the accident. Since, uh, since then, um, I started to gain my range of motion. I started to run again, uh, before getting my full range of motion, I started to swim, which helped a lot. And. Um, my um, physiotherapy and rehab process, but that process wasn't very easy. Uh, I had to continue my rehab process after the African Games as well, until the World Cup in Wihai, I was going to physiotherapy to support my my surgery. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you must have learned a fair few things about yourself as well and your mental toughness during that time, did you? Yeah, um, actually, after that accident, no one have expected that I could run again. Um, the first doctor I went to said that I have to uh, stop for six months. And <laughs> that was very, I went out crying and <laughs> just got very disappointed until I found my doctor who helped me just go for good um, post-surgery rehab program which Mm. helped me go through training after just one month of surgery which was very amazing yeah but I mean I I suppose it's not just a physical rehabilitation either right yeah it's mental as well yeah (laughs) it was very tough (laughs) yeah some some days I have very I have been very down but you have I I I'm thankful that I have the people around who helped me uh, overcome this obstacle and continue to do um, what I love to do. Mm. Um, I have thought of just giving up and resting that that very painful. I can't go, I can keep going, but yeah, I know that mental support that I have from the people around was very helpful at that time. And also that I would like to thank all the people who helped me during this surgery, um, General Ahmed Nasser and the Minister of Sports and News, Dr. Ashraf Sophie. They helped me a lot during this surgery. Mm. Um, I'm very thankful for them, for their support during the past two years since the start of the qualification period. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> On a different note, I mean, this week, well, next week now, um, International Women's Day coming up. Uh, we have uh, Najla from Q8 coming on the podcast as well. Are there any women in your life from inside or out of sport that you know have particularly given you, you know, advice or encouragement or that you've, uh, you know, just individuals that you've idolized over the years and, and drawn on for inspiration? Um, I think the first woman I have to talk about is well be my mother. <laughs> she is the, the most supportive person in my life I think so I want to thank her for being in my life uh, all the people around all the women I have uh, known are very supportive um, I like 
how how can women support each other it 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 means a lot that when you have great women around you to support you um it it makes it makes a difference to support each other i think yeah definitely and i know a lot of people found your video around this time last year uh the the training video that you did for triathlon live very useful yeah uh, yeah i do ramadan i guess is a month away again now right how does um it's it's uh, it's in one month yeah, yeah after one month how does that affect you know your your training and presumably racing during ramadan is is completely out of the question um it, it affects a lot to be honest but we we try to not to lose too much of our fitness mm-hmm. um actually the training hours have to be lowered um we can train for i think maximum for 16 hours per week to to be able to have that uh that day when we are fasting you you just can go for hard stuff just easy easy sessions before uh having the first meal um that said but we we try to to lower the 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 volume of the trainings and the 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 training hours are limited but we go for um harder intensity to compensate what we can lose from fitness mm-hmm. uh, for racing we try to avoid racing in ramadan days um it's not easy to 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 race while you are fasting it's just you can you 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 can't you you have to to have good nutrition during the racing to compensate what you you lose so we try to avoid racing during ramadan yeah so will you have any races within egypt before ramadan or not will it all come up uh, now before yeah we have the national championship right uh in this month in march after three weeks mm-hmm. uh and then in egypt also we are organizing the african championship it will be in june i think if not change it in the calendar and uh an african cup as well before the african championship uh by one week yeah. So the African Championship will be a, a big one that you're aiming for and obviously want to impress on home yeah. soil. <laughs> it's well, <laughs> I love racing in home soil. <laughs> Everyone loves racing in yeah. home soil. <laughs> and hopefully add a few medals to that collection behind you. Just quickly yeah. before we wrap up, <laughs> any favourites on there? Any that uh, you would pick out quickly? Uh, I think it will be the African Games gold medal in the individual race. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that and that was the uh, um, the age group uh World Literacy Series in Abu Dhabi. In Abu Dhabi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Basma, thank you very much for coming on. It's been great to talk to you and hear your your story and obviously we wish you the best of luck for the coming races. Thank you so much for and, having me. And um yeah, yeah, we'll hopefully see you with the uh, the rest of the Asics World Triathlon team out on the circuit soon. Yeah, we all. Thank you so much for having me today. It was very nice talking to you.